Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford, joined, as always, by the one and the only Weston Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here once again from distant locations at Lambeau Field. Wes, maybe, maybe, fingers crossed, the last time in a while that we'll have to do the show this way. No promises, no guarantees. We will see what next week brings. But in the meantime, since our last show... The Packers held their last two public practices of training camp out at Raynichke Field on Tuesday and Wednesday. Wednesday was an awfully hot one, um, but uh, everybody seemed to get through it okay. Your uh, your observations as the Packers wrapped up these last two public practices. Rashawn Gary wanted to play some football, was my <laughs> observation. Uh, I'll tell you what, Mike. Uh, He's been going through the individuals the last couple of weeks, as Matt LaFleur told us earlier this week, he was finally going to take that next step to team. I was so incredibly impressed by what I saw from number 52. First and foremost, he took two one-on-one reps in the offensive line versus defensive front drills and going up against Zach Tom, who is a terrific offensive lineman, I think is going to be a good starter for the Packers for years to come. But when you see the, when they always say there's levels to this game, that's a big phrase in MMA, but they're Rashawn Gary's on another level now, because the the one thing I took away from his two reps against Tom and a lot of it was just showing his natural strength. And also some of the pressures he had on Jordan love and the team periods had one of the sacks. I think you would call perceived sack and one of the, one of the team's drills. Here's the thing about Rashawn Gary. That is so impressive to me when we came in and he's a 21 year old kid, and everybody knows, okay, you know, he's he's going to be a project here, but there's a lot of potential there. We talked about how he would r- rely on his bull rush a lot, right? Right out of the gate. When you talk about all the other tools and the other the other weapons that can be used in his arsenal, I, I think that's what we're seeing with Rashawn Gary in those rushes against Zach Tom. You know, he used some speed. He used some speed to power. He used his power to to get out of a stalemate situation. The guy's just so darn resourceful. And we saw it last year, those first nine games. I mean, he was on track to being a Pro Bowl player. And unfortunately, the ACL happened in Detroit. So hopefully for him, that's all in the past. But I'll tell you what, for a guy that hasn't played football in, what, nine, ten months, he came out looking like he was just guns a-blazing. Yeah, and you you talk about the the development of the repertoire. I mean, that's... That's the that's the progression that you see from 
these guys like Rashawn Gary, who the first thing he had to do when he was drafted and came to the Packers and the three, four defenses, he had to learn how to play defense standing up as opposed to in a three point stance with his hand in the dirt. There's there first, there's that transition. So early on, there's still, just going to have that one move to rely upon. And then all the other moves have to come. And, you know, he had guys like Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith and, and these other guys to learn from and the coaching staff and everything else. And we've just seen this steady progression from him. And we're seeing Lucas Van Ness going through that same kind of transition right now, played mostly with his hand in the dirt um, at Iowa. And he's learning how to play standing up and learning all the responsibilities on the edge. And Lucas Van Ness has not developed all the pass rush moves that, uh, that he's going to have either. And uh, there, there are so many parallels there that hopefully for the Packers, um, he uh, stays on the same trajectory as Rashawn Gary. But I agree with you with, with, just the, I don't know if energy is a use that's word, a, a word that's used a lot. And I don't even know if that word quite exemplifies what Rashawn Gary brought to these last couple of, uh, of public practices. There was, there was something different about this Packers defense with him on the field. I think his teammates were excited to have him back. He's, uh, um, he's, he's a, a wrecking ball in, in some respects. And, uh, and, there are no guarantees yet that he'll be available for week one. Um, things are certainly trending in that direction. And uh, um, and hopefully the Packers can get him out there against the Bears at Soldier Field come September 10th. This quote is so good. I want to make sure I get this right. I typically don't go off screen during Packers Unscripted, but I want to make sure I get this right from what Matt Schneidman had tweeted to us or sent to us earlier this week. Um, and I'm not going to be able to find it because he probably put 23 instead of Alexander. Let's look. No, no, not going to find it. I'm going to paraphrase it. I hope I'm not going to botch it. But basically, <laughs> Alexander said he feels like Superman when Rashawn Gary's on the field. And I think that is the sentiment that everybody shares in terms of, yeah, in addition to the fact it's going to put more pressure on the quarterback and decrease his time clock to be able to get that ball out. It's how everybody around him raises their level of play. And I think when you have a premier pass rusher in this league, that is what the trickle-down effect is when you look at the Packers' defenses in the early Clay Matthews era. When you talk about you know, Aaron Campman in the mid-2000s, Reggie White, the list goes on and on. Those type of players, they set the tone. And I felt like you know, Rashawn Gary, for still being as young as he is, it's all still out there for him, Michael. And as you touched on, and I think one of the things you've been working on too story-wise is when you have a Rashawn Gary, when you have a Preston Smith, a Kingsley Enoch Bari, and then inside, you know, Kenny Clark and these other guys that can get after a quarterback, you make an offense start to make some decisions. And if Rashawn Gary's going to get doubled this season whenever he is out there, well, then that's opportunities for one-on-one -on -one matchups for Preston Smith, Devontae Wyatt, Kenny Clark. That's the exciting thing, I think, about having Rashawn Gary back in this defense. Yeah, I mean, just what we've seen in his couple of days back, he is going to command so much attention from opposing offenses, and I think that's going to that's going to change, uh, create opportunities for other players as you said and one of the stories that uh that i've posted now on packers.com is just looking at where the packers are at outside linebacker heading into 2023 compared to how they ended 2022 because you didn't i mean you had preston smith who i believe he had five of his eight and a half sacks last season after rashawn gary left the lineup but you didn't have gary you had enigbari who was a 
fifth round rookie who was just trying to figure things out. You had Justin Hollins come in trying to reacclimate himself as quickly as he could to Joe Barry's defense. And he certainly made a contribution. Jonathan Garvin was taking some snaps, not providing a whole lot of production. They were just trying to survive at that position, quite frankly, down the stretch last year without Gary. Now you fast forward here. Gary's on his way back. Preston Smith is Preston Smith. You've added a first-round pick in Lucas Van Ness. Kingsley Anigbari just had a two-sat game in the preseason. He's showing the year-two jump. Justin Hollins has now been here. He's settled He's settled in more. And you have a, you have an undrafted guy in Brenton Cox who's who showed enough promise early that uh, the Packers moved on from Jonathan Garvin and, and Brenton Cox could be an undrafted rookie who ends up making this 53 when roster decisions are made next week. The depth at outside linebacker right now compared to nine months ago is night and day. Two things. One, Aaron Mosby also got claimed in the mid- midway through camp. I think Mosby's had a really nice camp too for a guy that unfortunately is kind of at the bottom of that depth chart just based on attrition and yeah. the guys who have been here. I can now get that quote correct, though, because I'm all about the accuracy here, Mike. You know that. This is what Jair said. A healthy Rashawn Gary is like Superman, in my opinion. He makes my job easier, a whole lot easier. Yeah. If I was on ESPN, that's how I would close my segment. And I would just, and then ba- <laughs> back to you, Mike. Okay. Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Do you think it's more embarrassing to dye your hair or to have hair plugs? I don't think either are embarrassing if you're not trying to conceal it and act like you didn't. Okay. So you think if you just come out and go, I got hair plugs. Yeah. Like check out these hair. I mean, don't just walk around. Hey, tapping. Hey, (laughs) hey, stranger. I don't want you thinking this is natural. You know, but I mean, (laughs) do you you do that with everyone you meet? Try to act like they, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, like, like John Cena got him. You know, when John Cena came back to wrestling, he had a bald spot, and now he doesn't. Mm-hmm. You think he should be required in all interviews to say, "Look, by the way, I covered up my bald spot." Yeah, I guess it's weird. I mean, you don't wear a sign or like put a sign in your yard, but all right. So, what about toupees? Those are the most obvious. I but let's like. say you're like Bill Self, and you can get it to where it looks good. His is magical. I don't even know if his is a toupee. It is. I think he went into the future and had a procedure we haven't even discovered yet. And this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Well, the other thing I think that's worth talking about here as the Packers wrapped up these public practices is we saw, I think in a lot of ways, the these practices finished up it, the, the way they started in that we saw – Hot? A lot of we well hot yes, but we saw a lot of uh, we saw a lot of back and forth in terms of the you know the defense providing some challenge to the offense and then the offense responds and then the defense responds you know there over these last couple of days there were stretches where the pass rush was really getting after Jordan Love for you know a sequence of plays and then suddenly the offense settles in and Love starts to find his rhythm and hit some passes. Um, then we see the, you know, I believe it was on Wednesday, we see the offense looking like, you know, they're hitting some nice running plays. And then the next thing, you know, TJ Slayton is in the backfield, you know, three or four times in a span of, you know, like eight or nine plays or something like that. The back and forth. And then the epitome of that was the fi- the last two two-minute drills. The number one defense won the drill with Rasul Douglas getting interception on a pass for Romeo Dobbs. But then Sean Clifford, Mr. Two-Minute, takes – 
The number twos down the field hits a fourth down touchdown pass to Grant DuBose, adds the two-point conversion on top of that. So you have the defense win one, the offense win one uh, in the two-minute drills at the end. It just seemed like these last couple days, everything was about the one side challenging the other and trying to trying to push the other side to provide an answer. And and I, I have to believe Matt LaFleur liked a lot of what he saw in that regard. I think you're 100% right about that. But the other aspect of it, I think that is so refreshing is when you have a young team like this, how exciting and energetic these practices have been. And not to say that, you know, when it was Clay Matthews and Jordy Nelson and Aaron Rodgers and all that, they weren't, there was plenty to be, you know, taken from, but there are some, like when you go into those one-on-one periods, you don't know always who's going to prevail in those. I think that's where I first started to know TJ Slayton, to be honest with you. And he's had, you know, I, I've said this time and time again, I think him, Rashid Walker, those guys are probably in the conversation for most improved player. I mean, Kingsley and Bari contributed at the end of last season, but you know, he was a fifth round pick and you already had seen some of that growth. Those two guys have just blown me away just with the role that potentially they might have to play on this team this season. And Walker Cohen from a guy that didn't play at all last year to a guy that now is, you know, being charged in these practices as the left tackle for Jordan love and in the preseason game as well last week. So to, to your original point here, yeah, I think the, the give and take of the offense and defense is sort of indicative of a young football team kind of growing together. And the same way in which you look at those Patriots practices, the Packers take it to the Patriots the first day, the Patriots respond back mm-hmm. the second. There's a challenge there. There is a, a motivation and a competitive fire, I, I think, that comes out of you know both of those two sides of the ball working against one another. The hope would be for the Green Bay Packers now, as you get through this game against Seattle, hopefully healthy, get through the 53-man cut and start building to that game against Chicago that you have a much better football team than you did eight weeks ago. And I feel like that's where Green Bay has really grown the most. In terms of just the the development and the maturation, th- this is one of those training camps where I think you can literally look at players and see uh, the the growth and for some of the Packers vets in the past, it was about, okay, getting back to that baseline. Where where do we need, what's the play style? What's everything like that? Matt LaFleur is establishing all of that right now. And I think that played into also these young guys, you know, getting this action in the preseason games. Because one of the things I wrote in Insider Inbox this week was the fact that you have a bunch of guys that need snaps and we are no longer in the Larry McCarron two-a-days, 51 practices or whatever of training camp. Yeah. You got two dozen training prep practices training camp practices in three preseason games you have to make those opportunities really count yeah absolutely and I want to talk to you more about this preseason finale coming up against Seattle but I'll take care of some sponsor business first Sirius XM NFL radio delivers hard hitting analysis and up to the minute NFL news that true football fanatics need 24 7 365 and at cousin subs we have something for everyone like our Wisconsin cheese curds Mac and cheese, golden fries, and creamy shakes all paired with your favorite sub or sub in a bowl. Cousin subs, 50 years of better. Mike, guess where I ate earlier this week for lunch? Cousin subs? Yeah. That a boy. The, the steak Philly. The steak Philly. Nice. If you if you like hot subs, that is my yeah. suggestion for you. Okay. All right. All right. Sounds good. Um, One preseason game to go, Weston. Yes, sir. And... The there's a there's going to be a lot to pay attention to in this game, whether you're talking about the battle for the last spots at wide receiver again, that number three running back spot. Um, 
that's what's, you know, going to happen with some final decisions at defensive back, uh, you know, how they're going to piece that together. And certainly special teams plays a role in all that. And then special teams themselves, there are still two punters and two long snappers on this roster that have, that have had a uh, training camp long competition um, at both of those spots. So where will, where will your eyes be trained on come Saturday afternoon. Oh, by the way, it's an afternoon preseason game at Lambeau Field, a noon central time kickoff, a, a rarity um, here in Green Bay. Not that I'm complaining because nope. work-wise, it's much nicer to have uh, afternoon games. But back to my question, what will you be watching for come kickoff at noon Saturday against the Seahawks? It's an excellent question because there are so many different ways you can take this thing offensively. What does that number one unit look like with Jordan Love? How many series do they see? They had two in the first game, three in the second, although I think that was kind of brought on a little bit by the the botch snap there early right. on. Right. But the fact is, is that, you know, how long does Matt LaFleur want these guys to play? Sean Clifford probably can use the reps, but he's gotten a lot of reps at this point. So, you know, when does Alex Magoo get into the game? He's only played that one game, and unfortunately for him, it was an 80-yard touchdown on his first snap. Uh, as cool as that was for the Packers offense, not really a chance for the USFL reigning MVP <laughs> to show what his arm can do. So, the, you know, <clears throat> those type of things are going to be important. Certainly the safety battle is going right down to the wire. When you look at, you know, where where they're going to be trying to find that that one-two combination with Darnell Savage, that whole thing's come full circle again. Rudy Ford back with the starters this week. Yep. Uh, and, you know, Tervarius Moore has taken those snaps. Jonathan Owens has taken those snaps over and over and over. And, they kind of unfortunately, like- unfortunately for more now he's injured. He got hurt, yep. uh, hurt his knee in uh, the last preseason game. So bad, bad timing for him, but we'll see, uh, we'll see what happens here these next few days. The number three running back battle, the offensive line battle. But the one thing I challenge people to look at and keep an eye on, this is not the most attractive thing to pay attention to, but the coverage teams, offensive kickoff and the punt return units. Very interested to see what that personnel looks like. We've seen from Ritz Bisaccia, he's willing to mix and match. So I wouldn't take everything as, you know, chapter and verse in terms of what the starters are, quote, so to speak. But I, I always go back to James Crawford, 2018. He made the Packers roster based on special teams in the Packers preseason finale in Kansas City. There's going to be at least one of those type of situations where somebody steps up, somebody makes their, their presence felt. Because as much as the Packers are building this offense and defense, they're also building these special teams, this we fence as well. And when you lose a guy like Tyler Davis, who was your leading player in terms of special team snaps seen last season, I think he played like almost 80% of the snaps. That is going to be a big challenge for Green Bay. Who's going to step up? Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, you know that these the special teams reps, whether it's whether it's a kickoff return, a kickoff cover, a punt return, a punt cover. Those those reps are being scrutinized on film over and over and over again by the personnel department as they're as they're trying to decide, okay, who who are the guys that uh that can be counted on to get the job done in that phase? Who are the guys who are who are separating themselves in that regard? The Packers have a fair number of veterans now on special teams. That's been one of the big shifts in 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 terms of the uh the roster. And uh, and the personnel in that phase since Rich Passacci came in, but there are a lot of young guys who 
you know, are trying to make a name for themselves and they're not necessarily going to be second string on offense or defense, but there are going to be some roster spots available and, and, uh, and can they put something on film that's going to get them noticed and, and get them a chance to either be on the 53 or be brought back on the practice squad next week when all these, uh, all these roster machinations take place. And Malik Heath is the guy also, Mike, that I'll probably have my eye on the most. I mean, undrafted rookies, we know the history and the backstory with the Green Bay Packers and at those spots. If he can put together a strong performance uh, in this preseason finale against Seattle, I don't know what that all means for Tuesday and how the Packers will sort through it, but this is a guy that, Mike, you and I were talking about him at OTAs, and he has just continually done it over and over again. So impressive. It, it reminds you of the Alan Lazards, the Jake Kumaros, where you have an inundation of draft picks at receiver. You remember when Kumro made it the first time I gave Jake no chance at making the 53 because they yeah. had three rookie draft picks that year. Just so turned out that, you know, you had Marcus Valdez Scantling, but otherwise there was a lot of opportunity still there, even though there were those incoming picks, this is going to be critical to see exactly how the Packers shuffle this out. I do not envy Brian Gutekunst and his scouts. I know they relish these opportunities. I know it's a challenge for them, and it's an excitement that they don't have to go too well. We got 47 players, and who else do we want to fill up this roster with? No, I mean, it is going to be a tedious cut to 53, no doubt about it. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. I think one of the things, and and we'll kind of close on this, one of the things that has struck me about watching Malik Heath, as you said, we've watched him, you know, through uh, all the way since he arrived here, is that a lot of times when undrafted guys catch your eye, it's always like, oh, like, where, where's, where's he from? Or what school did he come from? And, you know, you look up and you try to get to know him a little bit. Yeah. If you didn't know the background for, of, of Malik Heath, the question you'd be asking is what round was this guy drafted in? I mean, and that's that that's not always that's not always the case. Undrafted guys will still kind of look like undrafted guys, right? He hasn't looked like one. The, the the question it's it's like you're wondering what round was he drafted in and he wasn't drafted at all. And uh he he's uh he's made a strong case, but we don't know. Are the Packers going to keep five receivers or six receivers or seven receivers? How many are going to be on the 53? How many will they want to bring back on the practice squad? We really don't know what's going to happen here. There are always there are always decisions that are made that nobody saw coming, right? In terms of how the how the initial 53 is built and how that practice squad gets put together. So we will uh we will just have to see. But there will be there a lot of nervous time between the end of the game on Saturday and when the decisions are made on Tuesday, it's a, it, it, it's a tough time for these players, but it's also what they signed up for. Right. Yeah. And, and the one that probably is going to tug at your heartstrings the most, at least tug at my heartstrings is the running back competition. Cause you got a bunch of dudes that are all good, solid guys competing for that number three spot. Patrick Taylor has been here for three and a half years. I mean, obviously the, the injury that he had uh, kind of wiped out his rookie season, but has been one of the more beloved players in that locker room. Very close, tight-knit group. Obviously, a contributor on special teams. Tyler Goodson, I thought, did everything that is physically possible to make a run at the 53 this year. Unfortunately, he gets the shoulder injury at the wrong time. We'll see how things play out for him this week. 
And then also, I mean, Emmanuel Wilson, the stories don't get much better than this kid. Division two, Fort Valley State, you know, coming in and, and being a late add to this roster as the Packers are looking for an extra running back and some guys being banged up. And then he ends up having, you know, he's leading the NFL right now in preseason rushing. I mean, yeah, that is that is probably going to be the one the most. It's like you don't you'll be happy for whoever prevails, assuming the Packers do keep three, hoping that they keep three. But yeah, your heart kind of goes out to the rest of them because that that whole group has been a lot of fun to cover this summer. Yeah, and I think as as we know, injuries injuries are never good. They're always unfortunate, right? But I think aside from Tyler Davis being lost for the season to the knee injury from the Cincinnati preseason game, there was maybe no more unfortunate injury in this training camp than Tyler Goodson with that shoulder injury because because all the way up until the time he got hurt, he looked like he was really really making a statement and making a run at this 53 man roster and to be that number three guy. And, uh, but he has not been able to get back on the field since then. So um, you just don't know how these, uh, how these things ultimately are going to go. Maybe this week. We'll see. Maybe this week. You never know. You never know. With that, we'll call it a wrap on this edition of Packers unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team as training camp wraps up as the preseason wraps up with Saturday's game against the Seahawks. We will have it all for you on Packers.com for Wes. I am Mike. Thank you for tuning in everybody. We will see you next time. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA.